Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into the Nosebleeds Podcast. I'm Ryan Gregoire, joined by Thomas Quigley, Jack Roach. We have the same crew as last week. Uh, you know, we weren't really sure if this was going to happen, guys. But with the Yankees-Red Sox wildcard game officially Locked in. It only made sense to bring the crew back from last week. A ton of fun talking to you guys. I'm sure this episode will be the same. But before we get into all that, Jack, I'll start with you. Looks like you're back home. It looks like you're a Red Sox fan, too, from your background. If you're just listening, there's too much Boston to even count in the picture. Jack, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I just got off my bus from New York to Boston. Um, will be in attendance for the wild card game. Um, and I hope that in about 24 hours from right now, I'm feeling like on the same level as I am right now. So fingers crossed, man. It's all set. Yeah. Quiggs, what about you? Well, um, I'll be there too. I'm uh, <laughs> my bus at uh, 9 30 AM sharp tomorrow morning. Uh, and I'm going to go see a, a friend from home up in, uh, up in mass He's a Yankees fan. So one of us will leave the park sad. Uh, hopefully it's not me, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I think that's going to be a theme on this podcast because someone's going to get hurt tomorrow. Someone's, um, someone's feelings are, are, are going to get severely hurt. Yes. And hopefully, yeah, hurt. I should specify, hopefully just emotionally and feelings. <laughs> I hope it just stays at that. Um, you know, your friend being a Yankees fan in Fenway could get ugly. Uh, yeah. Well, he said he, he promised, I mean, we were originally seated in the family section, uh, which was better for him. Uh, but we switched the tickets uh, but he did say that if 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 prompted, he might wail on a kid um, if he talked some trash to him. I'm sure that won't happen. I'm sure he was just saying that in jest. But uh, just goes to show you this rivalry runs deep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's perfect. Actually, it's interesting because I have some buddies that are Red Sox fans, and the ones that are Yankees fans, we just flat out said we don't want to watch the game with you guys. We're kind of we're cutting the the mass holes out of this. You know, have it just be a Yankees thing like that don't want the outside influence everything like that I think it just shows the rivalry's back and this is a matchup that you know it's it's something we've alluded to I think for a few months now since really the Yankees got hot and the Red Sox cooled off but it was obviously a lot of hurdles had to be you know jumped to get there so let's start there this last week since we did the podcast some crazy ups and downs for these teams Red Sox we previewed their schedule it looked really light you had the Orioles and Nationals they lose two or three the Baltimore Orioles, the worst team in baseball. That was something that nobody saw coming. I certainly didn't see it. I know from talking to you guys on the podcast, you didn't see it coming. And the Yankees, on the other end, they took two or three from the Blue Jays. That was one where the Blue Jays had a chance to get back into the race, chance to really damage the Yankees. The Yankees took two or three. And from then on, Yankees, Red Sox going to the last series of the year. Yankees were up two games on that first wild card. It looked like really all they had to do was just not get swept. Red Sox, you know, playing so bad against the Orioles, We'd see what happened, and the Yankees did not do what they needed to do. They lost two of three to the Tampa Bay Rays. The Red Sox, while it wasn't easy for them, they swept the Nationals. A few of those games were weirdly tight, needed some comebacks, needed some clutch hits. 
but that doesn't matter. Red Sox swept. They took care of business. Yankees lost the first two, and then suddenly game 162 meant everything for these two clubs. You really saw the urgency there with the Blue Mariners and Blue Jays, both one game behind both them. But Yankees and Red Sox were both able to take care of business, didn't have to worry about the Blue Jays stomping the Orioles, and they locked in the wildcard game in Fenway. Yeah, I mean, I was in studio on Saturday with Quigs, um, and we were both uh, working on the football broadcast. And on my phone, I had the ESPN Plus broadcast of Red Sox Nationals, and they walked the bases loaded. I think they walked the bases loaded to put the best hitter yes. on the planet up, Juan Soto, one nothing, uh, just one out, and crack the bat. I'm like, this ball is gone. I don't know if you guys saw it, but yep. he smoked it. He smoked it. Um, and I was like, this is the perfect metaphor for the Red Sox season. Like this, this is it, you know, most important game against a bottom feeder, you know, not relevant team right now. That's it. And somehow they get the out and they come out with just one run, win the game. I think it was Christian Vasquez double or whatever, ironically to Juan Soto. Um, you know, the Red Sox, I think second half of the season, I'll, I'll give the Boston perspective because, you know, open your eyes. Look, look, look at this screen. Um, they have been, I get, you could call them a mediocre team in the second half of the season. And part of that has definitely been because of the COVID situation. And I'm not going to act like players have no responsibility in that because the Red Sox is one of the teams that didn't reach that 85% threshold. Um, but you know, those last two games where you come up in that big situation with Soto and then in the final game, uh, 162 down five to one. And, you know, they, they have that comeback. I think Rafael Devers goes four for five with two home runs. Um, listen, this team has a lot of flaws. And I think that like 90% of that you can attribute to the bullpen, but man, they've got a scary lineup. And at this point, I'm just talking about the Red Sox, which I could do all day long, but man, you take that and you go against Garrett Cole, man, I just don't know what to expect tomorrow. Well, I got, I have two things to address. First, you could call them mediocre second half. They were at, at mediocre at best. They were a, a 500 team uh, after having a really good opening uh, first half of the season. We had the most all-stars. Uh, we had, you know, an all-star closer. That didn't work out. He uh, Hansel Robles? Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hansel Robles. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No chance. Uh, Matt Barnes really fell off. Um, the, the, the team just kind of, you know, really kind of flailed out in the second half, but it really almost came back to bite them with that Orioles series. That Orioles series was one of the, one of the worst series I've probably ever watched as a fan, given how much was on the line. Uh, I don't remember 2011 too much. I do remember that last game and it felt a ton like that last game in which the Red Sox lost to the Orioles on a walk-off and the Rays beat the Yankees on a walk-off to take the Red Sox wild card spot. That was back when it was just one team in the wild card. I think that was the last year, actually. Yeah. So, wow, very cruel. Um, but they really turned it around. And the second one, the second thing I want to address is, Gregoire, you said that the Yankees and Red Sox both took care of business. I wouldn't say that the Yankees necessarily took care of business. They went out there. I, guess, I meant more. Yeah, I meant, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant more in game 162. Okay, I got you. All right. Because they did. They did. They went out and they they won a pitcher's duel against the Rays. So you got to give them credit for that um, because their, their season was really on the line. They didn't want to go out 
and play a game 163 just to get to Fenway. Uh, so they avoided that, luckily enough for them. Um, but whew, this was not something I expected. After that Orioles series, oh, my God, two games up. Yankees two games up on the Red Sox. And the Red Sox did everything in their ability to make it a very close series, despite that, like, its status as a sweep. That did not feel like a sweep at any point. This the last game. They were down 5-1. At that point, it was the seventh inning. I was like, all right, I guess I just have to root for the Yankees to lose because there's no way the Red Sox come back in this game. Rafael Devers had a fantastic performance, four for five, a couple home runs, especially that huge one at the end. Uh, but the Red Sox really never had control of that series. Game one was was not as dicey as game two. Game two got really dicey. And if it weren't for, at the time, I think it was a, it was a home run from uh, Kike Hernandez uh, that put him up 5-1. If he doesn't hit that, it's a tie game in the ninth inning. And that felt like garbage time at the time, but it really mattered in the end. So a couple of teams that are really skidding to the finish line, luckily they get to play each other, and at least they get to claim that they've made it to the ALDS simply because it's two teams that really are running out of gas. And uh, at least that it's a rivalry. This is going to be a really fun matchup, but I have no faith in either team to really do much at all. Uh, against this Tampa Bay Rays team that's won 100 games. And even when they have absolutely nothing to play for, they take two out of three against a Yankees team that was really desperate for wins at that point. Yeah, uh, Jack brought up the word metaphor, and there was no better way to put that than this last series for the Yankees because it's been so up or down, disappointing for sure. And a theme has just been nothing comes easy. Top three in, I think, one-run games, two-run games, top one. Like, it's – the amount of close games Yankees had this year, the back and forth, the heartbreakers, it was crazy. And so it was so fitting that their season came down to game 162. Now going in, you knew going up two games into that last series, they, they could, their season couldn't end. But the last thing you want to do is have to burn Garrett Cole for a game 163, which is what would have needed to happen. The game two, you know, they just didn't hit all game. That's been a metaphor for the season. The offense underperformed Aaron Judge carrying the offense, walk off, single to end it. That's been a metaphor. For the season, the bullpen being great, that was a metaphor. So it really encapsulated what this Yankee season has been about. And it just kind of shows the inconsistency. You talked about it on the Mets perspective. I feel the same way when it comes to the Rays. Now, the Yankees, I think, you know, they, they can go toe-to-toe, I think, a little bit better just because they're pitching in their bullpen. It, you trust a lot more than the Boston Red Sox. But in a one-game playoff, you don't know. And so, you know, going into that, the Blue Jays, I think, were a terrifying team. I certainly – did not want to face them. Four guys with 100-plus RBIs, the Cy Young Award winner, a bullpen that was much improved in the second half. The fact that that talented team isn't in the playoffs is very lucky for, you know, these other AL teams because that was someone who, Yankees and Red Sox, I don't think we feel, you know, far outlook can make a deep run. I really felt the Blue Jays could do that. But um, you're shaking your head. Their offense was significantly better, and they're pitching. Why not? Why don't you think so? I think that they scared me in a one-game scenario, but it's the oh, same. Oh, yeah, they're very inconsistent. No, you're right. Yeah, it's the, the exact same thing with all AL East teams except for the Rays and the Orioles. They're consistently bad, except for when they had to play the Red Sox in a really important team. <laughs> but, uh, no, the Blue Jays are even more inconsistent than the Red Sox and Yankees. They just had a very hot streak at the end, so that scared me a little bit. And the playoffs is really about streaks, so I guess if they could get hot at the right time, yeah. I'm scared of them, but the Yankees had a 13 game win streak not so long ago. Red Sox had, you know, the first half had a, a very 
great streak to start the season. This is in April, though. So, I mean, these teams can go on streaks, but to say that one or the other is is scarier in a five-game series against the Rays, I don't think that any of them really had the edge. I think the Rays are going to kind of cruise to – well, at least the ALCS, if they run into a, a very hot Astros team, I think the White Sox are a bit of a fraud. Um, so I think, I think we'll probably see Astros raise in the ALCS, but I'm jumping way too far ahead because we're still got a wild card game to play. And uh, it's going to be a very, a very tense game. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I'm probably going to have a heart attack at some point in the last three innings. Let me, can I, can I bring it back to Red Sox Yankees again? And I want to ask Ryan a question real quick because Quiggs, you mentioned the um, 13 game win streak that the Yankees had earlier in the season. And, you know, I think recently we look at the whole uh, like Bronxy phenomena with the, the turtle, right. And they go on another hot streak. Um, Nine and three, 10 the year. Say it again. Nine and three since. Okay. Okay. That's including the race series. Yes. Now, now with those two win streaks considered, and this is something that Alex Wool says all the time, do you think that that within those streaks that they've solved the issues that that plague this team, or are there just other aspects that just outshine the bad parts of the team? Like, yeah. do, do you know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Exactly. And the first win streak, that's definitely they definitely didn't. It was the same thing all year. They just played with fire and kind of caught. Lucky, the one thing I'll say, because I don't think the offense has improved marginally enough to where you feel like that confident, it's still been. You look at that win streak, it was Giancarlo Sand and Aaron Judge having their August and September literally match any duo in MLB history. You know, they were the second duo ever to have eight homers and 25-plus RBIs in both August and September. So, like, when you look at that, they carried the offense all year. That's not what's really changed. There wasn't a third guy that really stepped up big time. The one thing I'll say that you feel different about is the bullpen. Because there are points in this year where it lost them games, big leads late. I think there was one point in the year they were uh, leading the league and blown leads after the seventh inning. That's changed with Luis Severino coming back from his injury. Michael King also came back. Those are two multi-inning weapons. Severino didn't give up a run. Michael King had under a two ERA since his return. So there's something there. Well, this Chapman, too, he is a under a two ERA the last three months of the year, 48 strikeouts, his last 20-plus innings. So the bullpen you do feel a lot better about. You really saw it in game 162. It was a complete bullpen game. Jamison Tyone, you know, coming off the ankle injury, you give him a ton of credit battling. He looked like his season was done versus the Blue Jays when he got hurt in the third inning. He only goes three-plus in this one, and you get six shutout from your bullpen. That's where you feel really confident. That's a playoff team of the Tampa Bay Rays. So I think that's the thing that you look at that's changed. But the offense is going to have to hit more if they want to win consistently now. Wildcard game, you may not need to have an offensive outburst with a Garrett Cole in the mound. You're also facing a pitcher in Nate Evaldi where that was the last time your offense really showed out when they chased Nate Evaldi. So there's a few aspects there, but it's a really good question. And I think overall, not a ton's changed from the offense, but the bullpen is, I feel a lot more confident about after that kind of last 12 games in the year, Jack. Gotcha. I appreciate you. Uh, giving, and what I will say, I don't think you're getting two bad starts from Uvaldi in a row. He, he is, I mean, ever since 2018, Red Sox fans have just fallen in love with him. Um, it's funny that, like, his claim to fame came in that one game that they dropped in the World Series. Yeah. Um, but he's really been the rock for this rotation this year, um, and he deserves to, to get that wild card start 
Um, I think we had that conversation a week ago. Um, and of course, Chris Sale, you know, in one of the biggest starts of the year, um, has his worst start of the year. Um, if they, you know, are able to advance past this game, um, obviously Chris Sale is going to need to be a big part of this team if they want to make any sort of noise. And, you know, let's, let's win one game first. And that goes for both Red Sox and Yankees, but, um, Nasty Nate, I, I think he's going to be bringing his best stuff and he's thrown to Plawecki, um, who's really emerged for the Red Sox team down the stretch and is kind of like his, his guy behind the dish now. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I like this team and I know you like the Yankees, Ryan, but I like this team. Yeah. You want to go Quiggs? Yeah. I just want to, uh, about this pitching matchup, obviously it's the two best pitchers on each team. That's obviously who you're going to go to for a one game playoff. But both teams have gotten to the other team's guy at least once during the season. Uh, I mean, Garrett Cole has definitely had a, a hotter second half than he did in the first half when it is when the Red Sox actually got to him. That was at Fenway. That was like post-Spider Tack, all I that was, stuff. I was there. Um, and the Evaldi game, of course, that was that's recent. That was two starts ago for him. So, uh, you know – both have gotten, you know, a little bit battered by the other team, but they're also the two guys that are handily the ones that you want on the map because of how they've pitched going down the stretch. They've been consistent at least throughout most of the season. And with the, I, I think that the catcher situation is also interesting because you got Higashioka starting for the Yankees uh, because you don't, you do not want uh, Gary behind the plate in a game like this. Obviously it's also, Garrett's guy. Um, so he's going to, Higashioka is going to get the start, but uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees use, uh, or if they go to Gary for like a pinch hitting situation, they only have two catchers going into this game. So well, actually though, you can keep, you can keep going, but I'll talk about that. Cause there's some weird roster stuff going on with the Okay. Well, like, that would be interesting to see. Cause they, I mean, unless, unless you got uh, some takes to throw at me, uh, I don't think you necessarily want to take, Higgy out of the game um, for a, a one at bat for uh, for Gary, unless it's, you know, a dire situation because we've seen him cost them runs uh, in the regular season. And, you know, people are going to be bouncing around on the bases a lot more in the playoffs because, you know, runs, runs come at a premium, especially against these two pitchers. And we'll see what their bullpens bring. But uh, that'll be a, a very interesting thing to see. Also on the Red Sox side of things, J.D. Martinez, yep. somehow sprained his ankle – running out to right field because he stepped on second base. Now, that's just a really – it's a freak accident, but it's just really so avoidable. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get into that because it's just going to – it's frustrating. But now you're going to see some switches. You're going to see Kike in center, um, maybe Verdugo in left, Renfro in right, and you're going to have – you're going to see a, a kind of a cold Christian Arroyo at second base. So, you know, that's going to be a, a big ask of him in his yeah. first year with the team the where Glacius. he has missed a lot of time. The Glacius can't be on the postseason roster. And he was the spark plug. It, it, it's really a shame that they, he can't be on the team because he's hit like 356 in like 20 games that he's been there. So, oh, yeah. you know, he's been huge for them. And uh, unfortunately, once again, he was on the 2013 team, but then he got traded to the Tigers, missed that playoff run, missed another Red Sox playoff run. By the way, you know who he got traded for? Yes, Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy. Just, you know, fun little throwback. 
All right, now go. go. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm trying to think of a transition from Jake Peavy. I can't really. Think yeah. one. Just go into it. Um, so here's the thing, and let's go into the game here. 808 tomorrow night. You guys will both be in attendance. The thing with the Walker game is you can set a completely different roster than your actual postseason roster. You're going for one game, so you're not going to put all five starters there, right? You're going to have guys unavailable. There have been talks that the Yankees will do is get Rob Brantley on the 40-man and have three catchers for this game because – First of all, we know today Aaron Boone talked about Kyle Higashioka will get the start. I'm personally not a fan of that. Uh, I would rather Gary Sanchez. Personal catcher, I, I don't believe in it at all. Garrett Cole's been rocked with Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. He also has a neuter arm. The Red Sox are going to steal. Guaranteed two-plus bases on him. His arm is really weak. It's something you can really exploit. And his bat, while Gary has struggled at times, he doesn't have the offensive potential. He doesn't have the dynamic power ability that Gary could give you. Now, what they do is probably go Kyle Higashoka for two appearances, then in a higher leverage spot, bring in Gary, have him come in, and then Kyle Brantley if you need to – or Rob Brantley, sorry, if you need to late in the game, activate only three of your starters and get your pen to 10, 11 guys. It's very doable. I can totally see the Yankees doing that. Also talks about bringing in some more speed to pinch it, pinch run late in games. So I think that's some elements you look at. Uh, I was going to talk about J.D. Martinez because that's huge. I don't, I don't believe it's confirmed tomorrow if you can play or not, but it can't be looking good at all. Um, that's a huge bat that's not going to be in your lineup. That, like, i terrified every time J.D. Martinez steps in the plate versus the Yankees. On the Yankees' side, D.J. LeMahieu. Yeah. It looked like he was going to be fine, uh, but then they placed him on the I.L., you know, going into game 162. I was covering game 161. Boone talked about how he expected him to play the next day, and now it looks like he's out for the next two-ish weeks so what that does is that moves Glaber Torres Glaber Torres to your leadoff spot where he's kind of kind of flipped a switch he says I'm really good at bats there after struggling for most of the year and then at shortstop it brings a really interesting conversation do you put in Velasquez. Bronx kid do you bring in the Bronx kid Velasquez you put in Wade but then you lose Wade's pinch running ability we saw it kind of win game 162 he tagged up so there's a lot of questions here you know the the roster management is going to be really interesting for both these teams and I really wouldn't be surprised one way or another with how they go. Yeah, I, I just – and don't get me wrong. Like, the Red Sox roster and lineup has its issues. But I think it's kind of concerning that in a wild card game, your lineup's going to have Kyle Higoshio. You know, you're going to yeah, have – I don't want him in the lineup. I completely you're gonna have Velasquez, and you're probably going to have Brett Gardner Brett out there. Gardner will guaranteed be in center field. And That's those are three, third, those are three zeros. Yes, bro. Sorry to cut you off, but those are three absolute zeros, and that's a third of your lineup. I can, I'm 100% on the same page. People rip Gary a lot, but he gives you a lot more potential offensively. He's got big hits versus the Red Sox before as well. He's mm -hmm. played in more big games. Velasquez, I don't know if they really do start him. You know, he was the guy they sent down until some injuries forced him back up. But completely, you know, this is an offense that has underperformed all year, and to put in three guys that are very below league average is not like something you're, you know, riding home about at all. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it looks like the Red Sox are going to have to put Christian Arroyo at second base, which, you know, there were times this season when he looked really good, but unfortunately he just has not been able to stay healthy at all, um, which opened the door up for Iglesias, who was tremendous in, you know, his short stint, but doesn't qualify for the postseason roster. So, um but, but with that considered, right, that's like your weak spot in the lineup. And Plawecki, you know, he's not an all-star by any means, but he's, he's, a, he's a solid bat, you know? Like, I'll take him over Higgy. I'll take him over Gardner. 
and I'll take him over Velasquez just from hitting the ball, just from putting it in play. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, don't, I, I'm really excited for this game. I think that what I'll say is that I don't think either of these teams are um, World Series caliber, right? I think that they both have a lot of flaws, um, both dealing with some injuries at the end of the season. You've got JD and you've got DJ. Flip. And Luke Voigt, yeah. Um, and Voigt. Yeah, we'll talk about Luke Voigt. Come on. Led the league in homers last year. Last year. Sixty games. Oh, so you mean like April? He still, had, he, was still he still had a he was still a positive player this year, like an eight hundred OPS. Okay. All right. Well, fine. He's he's a solid guy. Um, but I think even the Yankees with you know the the Babe Ruth esque Luke Voigt, um, I don't think that gets the job done. I think both of these teams have some serious issues that need to be addressed in the offseason. and I really think this game just comes down to pride. That you you nail it right on the head because both these teams their ceiling is the ALDS. So the only thing people are going to remember about these seasons for each team is this game. It's Red Sox Yankees for a quick quick little history lesson. This is the first one game playoff between the Red Sox and the Yankees since 1978. Bucky Dent home run at Fenway over the monster. God willing, that doesn't happen again, but. That is the type of stuff we're talking about. And we still know – we know that game simply by one person's name 43 years later. So that's the kind of stakes that we're talking about right now. Obviously, the Yankees went on to win the World Series that year. And it does seem like every time these two teams meet in the playoffs, one of them makes it to the World Series. Yankees in 03, they lost to the Marlins. Sox in 04 won the World Series. And in 18, they won the World Series. So 99, the Yankees won the World Series. They met in the ALCS. So – it, it's always it's always a lot in, at stake with these two teams, even though this year we know that they do not have a much left in the tank. They're certainly not World Series favorites at all, but it all comes down to this one game. The same teams have the same record, and their head-to-head is separated by one game. So they couldn't be any closer right now. This is the game of all games. I'm so excited and so worried <laughs> same time it's oh my god it's just gonna be a very emotional night i just had a very emotional day yesterday just a game 162 and brady coming back to new england and that and losing on a on a field goal that hit the the post so i get a lot of emotions running through me still from that and it's just going to be compounded by tomorrow and i'm talking a little bit too much about my <laughs> own mental state right now but this is just the kind of stuff that a one game playoff between the red sox and the yankees brings out in everyone and it's going to be an absolute blast. You did an amazing job queuing it up. But the one thing I'll say is, like, the MLB playoffs are a crapshoot. You really I, – I wouldn't – like, I know neither of us feel great about either of these teams, but to say that completely write them off when they win this game, that's crazy. I know if the Red Sox win, you'll be feeling great. I don't know if the Yankees win, I'll be feeling great. You think, it's, like, in 2019, I wasn't watching the Nationals. Brewers Walker game thinking anything could oh, come back. That's what? a bad com- – dude – you, you can't forget about that narrative. They went on such a hot streak. They were a good team in the second half of the year. And the Red Sox and Yankees have no, the Yankees were Yankees were 41 and 41. So, like, I know that they just lost two or three to the Rays, but they are not in the same vein as where they struggled all the way down the stretch here. You know, they really did save their season. They were 11 and a half games behind the Red Sox three months ago. So, like, I, they weren't as bad as the Nationals for sure, but they were not this team that kind of has limped to the finish line completely. Are they still – 
had great September. They still had a great second half of the year. So, you know, I, I really would pause that. I just don't think in the MLB playoffs you can flat out write out teams, especially with the talent that these two teams have. I think that's just very, you know, I think you're not being cautious enough and you're putting too much stock in maybe what we've seen recently because the playoffs, unpredictable things happen all the time. It's baseball. I mean, the second half of the Red Sox has told me that they just have a very low ceiling because you can't go anywhere in the MLB playoffs unless you have a bullpen. strong bullpen. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not the eighties anymore. You can't just rely on your starters. So we have like two or three starters that I trust to go out there and shove in the postseason. But when it comes to the bullpen outside of like, maybe right now, Garrett Whitlock, Ryan Brazier, and maybe Salamora. I don't Hansel Robles. Every time he gets on the mound, 50, 50 chance, he gives up a home run or he saves the game. But I just have very little confidence in my bullpen. I know that you don't have a ton of confidence in your bullpen right now. Um, I think I, that's going to be that's kind of a determining factor. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah, I do have – I kind of been gassing up the bullpen here. It's the offense that worries me for sure. I think this is the best that you've been able to feel about a Yankees bullpen with the depth that they have um, in this kind of last five years that they've been kind of relevant here and made the playoffs because they've had the guys at the back end that have ended up, you know, coincidentally Chapman's been blowing some of these ones, but it's the depth that they have. They, you know, it's not about just getting to the seventh anymore. You feel comfortable in the fourth, fifth inning with the depth and the talent that they have. So for me, it's really the Yankees offense that I think will hold them back in the end. But yeah, you talk about the bullpen. That's why the Red Sox, I, I said this earlier and it's not just me being biased. I don't like their chances against the Rays as much as the Yankees because you can't have that many question marks at the back end. You need to rely on guys. You need to be urgent too. Like Alex Cora is going to be aggressive. He's going to yank starters early and you're going to need to trust the guys that have to get those outs. And the Red Sox have just not really been able to find that in the second half with Matt Barnes struggles. I will say one thing just really quick. I, one point that I will mention is that Alex Cora knows how to manage in the playoffs and Aaron Boone has gotten to a couple ASCSs, but has not really shown that he can necessarily manage in the same way that Alex Cora did. Alex Cora in game 162 was went all in, and I, I, I respect the hell out of that because that's kind of what you need to do in a one-game playoff situation like it was on game 162, like it will be on Tuesday. And even when it comes to playoff series, he's been there. He's won a couple World Series as a, as a bench coach and a manager, I mean, say what you want about that asterisk, Houston Astros. Uh, but Alex Cora has been here. He's won. And I, I have a lot more trust in him than I do in Aaron Boone. Well, here's what I'll say on that. There's one move that Aaron Boone made, and, you you know, you never know because he is really kind of a puppet. If it was him, it's last year um, in the playoffs starting Debbie Garcia and then going to Jay Happ in the pen. But, I don't blame him for going – rolled his Chapman, your all-star closer in the ninth in a tie game. I don't blame him for going to Chapman in the eighth. It's not his fault that Chapman threw Altuve hanging slider, and it's also probably not his fault. You know, he, Altuve might have known the pitch, but, like, the Aaron Boone, I completely agree. He's got outclassed a little bit in 2018, maybe also. But there's this bullpen you talked about, urgency. He had Chad Green, his eighth inning guy, warm me up in the fourth inning on game 162. So that's urgency. He ended up pulling Tyone really early. It's just you feel better about the guys that he can go to, and you hope that maybe now with three postseasons under his belt, it gets a little bit better. So, yeah, no, but I made that point with Cora where, you know, he's going to be aggressive and go all in. It's just can those guys get the outs? And that's just why maybe we'll circle here to kind of picks, and it's why 
I, I mean, I think I know who we're all going to pick here. Like, I don't think there's any surprises. <laughs> I'm going to pick my team. You guys are probably 100% going to pick yours. And the reason that I will pick the Yankees is, you know, what we saw recently the last week is I just don't trust the Red Sox bullpen to get big outs. There were two games. They had leads late in it, and the Yankees were able to come back. John Carlos Stanton, some huge homers. And I don't think the bullpen – I know Garrett Whitlock's back. I just don't really trust it to get enough outs in this one. Um, Evaldi, I know the Yankees did just rock him completely. They shelled him. But I, he's obviously going to pitch better. There's no question about that. There's no chance the Yankees score seven off him. Um, so I think they're going to have to straight maybe one to two off of Aldi. Then you go to the bullpen. I trust Garrett Cole to pitch really well. I just don't know how deep he'll go. I have a feeling, and this is just an intuition, that he goes like five, six. He has his A stuff, but the issue is he just works. The Red Sox work too many long at-bats. Devers has one of those classic 12-pitch ABs that he always has against those Yankees, and he has to go early. So that's kind of how I see it going. Um, you know, I, I absolutely, though, would not be surprised if the Yankees lose, I'd give the confidence like a seven out of 10, the Yankees win. I'll say like five, four is my final score prediction. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I have the Yankees and now I'll give the floor to you guys. I'll, I'll give my take. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to win. And, and I think that the um, bullpen concerns are definitely something that, you know, you, you can't ignore that, but I do think, they're a tiny bit overblown and just for this reason, because in 2018, they did such a good job of retooling guys that they were using as back-end starters in the bullpen. And I think that you're going to see a lot of that with Nick Pavetta, if they make a run and, you know, Tanner Houck, however they choose to use him in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see those guys just getting, you know, coming into newer roles. Um, and I think it's going to be a close one. I think that, I think that there's just going to be one inning on Garrett Cole when the Red Sox make some noise. Um, so I'm going to say six, six, four, six, four Red Sox. I like that. Six, four Red Sox. I'm going to go 16 to one Red Sox. <laughs> I was uh, at that game too. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I have, I have so much regret for not going to that game. It kind of probably is the reason I'm going to this game. Like the reason that I had to is because I had so much regret freshman year for not going to the 16 to one game. But uh, this one's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be super low scoring. I think, um, I don't know if it's going to be a pitcher's duel. I think the pitchers will probably be taken out pretty early uh, because it's just how it, it's just how the playoffs have evolved. But I think that it's going to be an absolute nail biter. Um, I, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Red Sox because I think in a one-game playoff, they're better suited than the Yankees simply because they can just go all out with, you know, they have Tanner Houck that they can use. They have, I mean, we're not going to see Chris Sale, and I don't think I would really want to. I think that's that's actually – that officially was ruled out today. I believe he begged Cora. And he did. Cora instantly said no. Yeah, that, that would not be a smart move anyway. So I'm glad that, that they didn't go with that. But you got Tanner Houck who looked, who was perfect for five innings on Saturday. Uh, you got Garrett Whitlock back. He looked great on, uh, on Sunday. You got a lot of guys that can come into this game. Like if you have to use, I, they're probably not going to go to Erod or, or Provetta, but you could, you could theoretically go to them in, you know, a, a squeeze because I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Hansel Robles. So I don't think they're going to go to him first, uh, but you know, you have a lot of options and, 
when it comes to a wild card game, you're playing to advance and you can't really get caught up in, in, Oh, I got to save these pitchers for the LDS. That's all. That's all just way too future tense for you to consider that. So I think the Red Sox have a, a bit of an edge there with the, the weapons that they can just use if they go all out. Um, but boy, I, I, uh, I don't have a lot of faith. I, I actually, I questioned your seven, 70% uh, chance of the Yankees winning. Cause I, I think this is such a 50, 50, like these teams could not be like, they're not the same and they're not at all like evenly matched in every area, but they're so on, like, they're just, they're not like better than each other enough in any capacity for me to think that one of them has a better chance than the other, other than the one thing that I just mentioned with the Red Sox having the ability to go all out with, you know, a bunch of starters and relievers, um, which, you know, I, I disagree that you as well. But, I disagree with you that the Red Sox have an edge in that because I just think the Yankees bullpen has the depth. Right. But I'm saying that we, we wouldn't even necessarily go to our bullpen. We have starters that we could put in there. We have people that are, you know, have been starters throughout the year, but they're in the bullpen now. And like, that's kind of their role. Martin Perez. I, I have like a lot of faith in him coming out of the bullpen. Dude, if he comes in tomorrow, I'm going to take off my jersey, man. You, <laughs> I, I like him out of the bullpen. Martin Perez in I like out of the bullpen. I like I like Perez out of the bullpen. I like Hauk. I don't know if he'll get. I mean, how how long did he go? How many pitches? I don't know. But he threw like sixty. He threw like fifty three pitches or sixty three. Still kind of a quick turnaround. It's a, it's really it's really fifty fifty in my eyes. I, I'm just hoping that home field advantage comes into play and the Red Sox bats come into play because that that's another place where they they still have the advantage because the Yankees offense you never know. Yeah, um, and the one reason I think that just for me, like it's Garrett Cole and whether this does backfire or not, like what he is supposed to do is win this game. And so he hasn't done it to the point where I lose the faith in him. I know he he'll get rocked in Sunday in July and maybe some, you know, he didn't pitch well against the blue Jays last time out. He actually was terrible, but I just think this game, the stakes are so big and this is where we're really going to see because last year, you know, I don't know how much stock I can take from losing in Petco park with no fans with Garrett Cole on the mounds, but I know in Fenway Park in a packed building in a one-game playoff, I'm going to be able to tell a lot about who Garrett Cole as a Yankee will be. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I, I think personally we're, we're done with this podcast. I know maybe we didn't really talk about anything else, and frankly, this rivalry, the best rivalry in sports, why talk about the Mets firing Louis Rojas? Why talk about <laughs> the rest of the playoff picture right now? You know, this is what matters. This is what it's all about. This is what everyone will be tuning in to see. So, guys, I don't see any reason to talk about anything else. I'll, I'll just throw it back to you guys one last time if you think we should. One comment, one comment. This is why you pay Garrett Cole $324 yeah. million. Dollars. That's it. Yep. Yep. I mean, this is this is his game. This is his moment. Um, whether he steps up or not, we'll see. Hopefully not. But uh, I, I, I want to mention one more thing. Martin Perez has, like, a weird hate for the Yankees, like a weird hatred for someone who just did not grow up as a Red Sox fan joined the Red Sox last season. He really hates the Yankees. So I like that. I like that and the guy on the Red Sox. So Martin hates turtles. Yeah. He hates turtles. He hates turtles. Bronxy. Let's see if they can get him to Fenway. So I think that's going to do it. Um, you know, by the time this podcast comes next week, the, the landscape of our well-beings, our friendship, hopefully not, may completely change. So 
We're going to stay tuned. We're going to watch a lot of baseball. And we're going to be back at you with WFB Sports. This has been the Nosebleeds Podcast. <laughs>